You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. Come and open our hearts and our minds and our doors that we may experience you in our everyday lives. Oh, Holy Spirit, come in this time and space. All God's people here say, Amen. We're continuing um, our sermon series, Building a Larger Table. And, and, and I want to remind you that um, in the book, um, a, a build, ah, The Joy of Building a Bigger Table, uh, Building Messy, Authentic, and Hopeful Spiritual Community by John Pavlos, he has this really great line. And this line, I've really been thinking about this line, been really wrestling with this line over the last few weeks. But in this line, he says, The heart of the gospel is the ever-expanding hospitality of God. Jesus, after all, was a carpenter. Building bigger tables was right in his wheelhouse. We are called as followers of Jesus to work towards building a bigger table, a table for all people, no matter where they are on life's journey or life's faith. We are called to be a part of that mission because we say we follow Jesus. It's that simple. Sermon done. Let's go home or let's go eat. But I'm obligated to speak for 20 minutes or else some people get mad and want a longer sermon. But in this story today that, that, that I'm going to read for you here in just a few seconds, Jesus finds himself in, in this place of, of example, leading by example. And I, and I love how Jesus leads by example. I love it so much that it scares me to death when I think about when I truly say I follow Jesus, what that really means. And it's not about what I've been told. It's what it really means when we sit down with the text and we wrestle with the scriptures and and we see what Jesus really does. Because when we sit down and wrestle with what Jesus really does, it should stretch you and push you and make you frustrated and make you really wonder, is following Jesus really worth it? Because it's really hard. It is. But one of the things that Jesus taught us was not to be afraid and that he's with us. And I think about the disciples, and I think about the journey that they had with Jesus. Talk about an easy journey. They were with Jesus the whole time, and they were learning along the way. But they also fell short. They also messed up. They also struggled. And when Jesus was with them, he said, hey, all right, all right, so let's look back at this. Let's, Let's reorient ourselves, and let's move forward. But he also led by example. And we see that here in Luke 15, verses 1 through 2. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and the legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. He sits with those people. You know you're doing a good job when religious authorities and, and, and those that think they know Scripture are saying, 
you're not living by Scripture. Jesus was. Here Jesus is at this table at this house. I imagine this room being one of those nice rooms where a lot of people could gather. And he didn't just have the religious authorities. He didn't have the religious folks sitting at the table with him. He had anybody and everybody. I imagine Jesus just said, hey, I'm going to throw a party at this guy's house and you're all invited. Now imagine being the homeowner. Imagine if Jesus came into your house and said, hey, George, I'm going to come to your house today and I'm going to bring a whole cast of characters and crew Rosin would probably flip her lid and, and strangle George right then for saying yes, but then they would have a great time. Because see, when Jesus invites people into the house, they have a great time. But those religious people, man, they're uptight and they're worried about who Jesus is spending his time with. And they're concerned about who Jesus is spending his time with. Where all Jesus is doing is saying, hey, I'm here for these people. These are my people. You obviously get it. It's these people that are my people. And as the tax collectors and sinners are sitting there, I'm sure they're wondering, why are we here? Because there's the religious people. Those people don't like us. They tell us that. They let us know. They have the bumper stickers and the t-shirts, and they remind us that we're not welcome here. But yet, this man, this guy, he says we can come to the table. Have you ever been in that way where you've been invited somewhere where you really didn't feel like you didn't belong? Didn't you feel a little bit overjoyed, but also yet cautious? Didn't you feel a little bit scared, but yet also kind of, hey, this might actually be a whole lot of fun? I remember when I was in seminary, and I was, uh, uh, you know, I'd drive back and forth between Yukon, Oklahoma, and Tulsa, and I, and, and I didn't really, like, I would dress in shorts and a t-shirt, because when you drive that far, you, you, you want to be comfortable. And so I got a phone call from our development office saying, hey, Matt, we'd really like for you to go to the dinner. Well, by this point, I, I'd already, my ship had sailed. I was already to Wellston. I wasn't turning back because I was running late to class anyway. So I was like, okay, well, I'll come to this foundation dinner. And then they were like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, it's in the top of the, uh, the oil building there in Tulsa, downtown Tulsa. Panicked a little bit. And I told the, the person in the development office, you do realize I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. That's usually how I come to seminary because if I'm going to sit here for 12 hours, I want to be comfortable. Yeah, you know, that's fine. That's fine. So, you know, they, they valeted my car, which I have to admit, my, my car at the time being valeted was even kind of one of those moments like, just don't look in the back. I've got kids. Car gets valeted. I, I get in this fancy elevator and I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and the entire time racing through my head, I kept thinking, I don't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. I'm only here because I'm a United Methodist student. I, I've received this money. I'm grateful for it. I'm going to come and sit at this table with this person, and I'm going to be so out of place. I walk into the big room, big fancy room. can see Tulsa for miles. I look up, and there sitting at the table were some fellow students. Not one of us dressed for the space that we were in. But we gathered around the table with our benefactor and we had one of the most glorious meals that I've ever had. Not because the food was good, the food was good, but just the relationships and just that sureness of, hey, you are welcome here, made me feel welcome here, even though the space didn't do that. And see, that's what the church should be like. Even though it may not look like you belong here, you should feel like you belong here. Because God has called you here. 
And God has placed you here in this time and space to, to, to do just that, to be like Jesus. I love what Bob Goff said recently in a sermon. He was preaching to the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection, and, and he had this really great line. He says, I don't want people to meet my opinion. I want them to meet Jesus. Far too often we're so concerned about what our opinion is that we forget our job is to teach people how to meet Jesus. And we do that by, by living a way of, of like Jesus and modeling after Jesus did, working towards building a larger table. And when we do that work, it oh, makes us overjoyed. We find joy in that. Is the work hard? Yes. But here is, here is the great thing that Jesus reminds us. We are not alone. Holy Spirit is with us. And when may, it may seem difficult or we may seem out of place, that's when God does God's great work of assurance. And it's going to be okay. Because when you think about it, when you look at Scripture, Jesus and God don't really just call those people who are like the norms. They don't call the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They call the people with the speech impediments, Moses. They call people who struggled with who they were, David. They, they call people who didn't even believe in Jesus to begin with, but then when he had a magical experience along the road, he changed his name to Paul. And that's what happens when we let go of ourselves. And we allow Jesus to work on us and through us. So I think far too often we get concerned on the one side. We get concerned about that working on us thing. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a twofold thing. It's working on us and working through us. And sometimes we struggle with that because we don't feel it. We don't, we don't have that experience or expectation. And, and, and that's where we need to flip the script and saying, where is God working through me? Where have I seen my fruits become great things for the kingdom of God? Because when we let ourselves go and, and, and we really look at the things that we've done in the name of Jesus, we see, wow, I've done a whole lot. And all we have to do is let go of ourselves and just say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you are, whether the beginning of your journey or towards the end of your journey, God can still use you. Whether you're three weeks old or 99 years old, God can still use you if you're following Jesus. And you're keeping Jesus at the center of what you do. So imagine, who are the sinners and tax collectors you spend time with? Who are those people on the outer edges of our society that you are loving for and caring for? Because if you remember two weeks ago, I, I encourage you not to judge them, but to love them and to care for them and to meet them where they're at and love them into the, into the idea of the, of the platinum rule, which says do unto others as how they want to be treated. And in order for us to do that, we have to get to know the person. We can't just come with them with our expectations because that's not what love looks like. It's about meeting them where they're at and saying, you know what, you are a child of God. I love you and I care for you. Come. We have to continue making invitations. Could you imagine, this meal would have never happened if Jesus wouldn't have invited them to somebody's house. Could you imagine that? The meal would have never have happened. A lot of the things in, in, in the Gospels and in the Bible would never happen if there was never an invitation made. We are called through our baptisms 
to be inviters of Christ. And when we leave into that and we learn, lean into that a little more and we're willing to invite, yeah, you're going to get no's. Jesus even got no's. Right? But he didn't stop. He planted mustard seeds and allowed those seeds to grow. Could you imagine those people who Jesus came along the way that may have said no and then the resurrection happens and they hear those stories and like, ooh, I'm beginning to rethink that. That invitation is a seed planting thing. And yeah, you're going to be told no. I get told no more than I get told yes. doesn't stop me. Or I'm going to wear you down until you say yes, which means I'm going to love you and care for you and just be an unanxious presence in their lives until you have that experience and are willing to let yourself go. We find joy in building a larger table when we're willing to let ourselves go and willing to follow Jesus. And that joy that comes with that is a joy that cannot be reproduced in anything in this world. And you know, when it may seem difficult, remember you're not alone. God is with you in every step and every breath that you take. And if anything else, remember this, that God loves you and there ain't nothing you can do about that love. You can run away all you want to. You can try to hide, but God will find you because God loves you that much. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you are on life's journey. God loves you. And I need you to hear that because this world is telling you otherwise. God loves you. Thinking back to the gospel reading for today that Ashley read for us. Blind man came to Jesus and said, hey, I need healing. He said, hey, your faith has healed you. Now go and share the good news. Guess what, church? It's time to go and share the good news that God loves us and cares for us and wants us to be at the table. And that's for all people. No matter where we are or who we are, you are invited. Let us pray. God, help us make those invitations. Help us remember those people that we, we miss and we are long to see again and invite them to our tables. Lord, remind us that in every step and every breath that we take, we are in mission for you. And may we live out that mission in such a way that people are healed and lives are touched and changed. And remind us that you are with us. No matter where we are, you never abandon us. God of love, be with us. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a good day.